I'm OG, y'all new to the game. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Who That Kiss podcast. It's your boy, RK, soon to be joined by a plethora of great Saints information people out there, podcasters, writers, and my man, JD. Um, we made up uh, an end-of-year award ceremony here for the Saints and only the Saints. Since the NFL doesn't want to respect us, we'll take the respect ourselves and have our own award ceremonies. Uh, we got some fun names for the awards as well. Some awards such as the Greg Williams Position Coach Award. We got the, the, the Jason David Bird and Spiller Letdown Player Award. And the Will Smith Best D-Line Linebacker Award. So, uh, first up, we got to have Andrew Jews joining us. So, sit back, enjoy it, have some fun. At the end, we will post on Twitter, on myself and on Justin's handle, Um the, the conglomerate, like the aggregate, the average of, of what everybody chose for all these awards. And we'll have some fun with it. All right, stay tuned. Be right back. So I feel like it's just, this is pretty much theirs to lose is, is the way I feel. And so going into this weekend against the Bears, look, uh, they didn't face Trubisky the first time. Obviously, they faced Coles, but they faced Trubisky last year. So, you know, I, I think they've got an underrated team a little bit. But, look, I think, um, you know, it's, it's one of those that Saints should come out on top and move on to the next round. But as long as they don't get themselves into a big hole and having to play catch up and go slugfest and shoot themselves in the foot, they should be completely fine. Yeah, and I'm not going to go through an entire preview here, but I think them losing Roquan Smith for this game, and I don't know if Darnell Mooney is going to be able to play, that changes everything because they don't really push the ball down the field. And that's kind of where we have some problems in our secondary, being a little bit handsy and getting play action, or sorry, getting pass interference. Uh, penalties. So I think if we eliminate that, they're not going to be able to run a ball against us, and that gives us a really good opportunity to to kind of run away with the game. So I'm pretty pumped. Um, if I if you had to ask me between Sean Payton and Drew Brees over at Matt Nagy and and Trubisky, I'm taking the former every time. So I feel pretty excited for this. But going into that, and that being said, the NFL finds a way to snub the Saints as much as they possibly can, and I'm not a tin hat wearing. You know, conspiracy theorist, crazy person, but it's not a theory anymore. When you when you see all the facts that lead up to the fact that the Saints are unfairly officiated, and they don't seem to get really any breaks by the NFL. You know, less the fact that we got a Sunday game, which I was absolutely shocked to see. I, I love seeing it. I was trying to you know speak it into his into an existence, and uh, we got the Sunday game, which is good. So uh, Alvin can play, but um. The fact that the NFL saw the 12 and 4 Saints and decided not to give us any real awards, uh, PFF didn't give us any real awards either. And I, I have, fi- I, have, I just have a feeling that Alvin Kamara is not going to get the Offensive Player of the Year award. I can just see Derrick Henry getting it, and, and fair enough, he ran for 2,000 yards. But Alvin Kamara, you know, 1,700 yards, 21 touchdowns. I don't know what more he needs to do. But uh, we came up, uh, Justin and I, with this award ceremony just for the Saints. NFL doesn't want to give us anything, we're going to take it. So we've got uh, uh, these awards and we've named them after certain players on the team that have been, you know, stars for us or have done something meaningful uh, for the Saints, good or bad, (laughs) in the last 20 years. And the only person that's uh, less recent than 20 years is Ricky Jackson. Um, We have to make an award with his name on it. But uh, everybody else is, is pretty recent. So if you've been a Saints fan for the last, you know, 20 years, you should be good here. Um... The first award we got is the Alvin Kamara Offensive Rookie of the Year Award. Who do you got for that? Uh, that's probably Marquez Calloway. I think he's come in and done 
some tremendous things and, and has really brought a few elements and he's just really shined down the, the stretch and look uh, uh, Ruiz has, has played really well and he's filled in but he, you know he, he struggled at the beginning of the year but he's really come on lately and you know they've used rotations and all that but for me I think Callaway's run away with this man he's he just looks so good. Uh, honorable mention to Adam Troutman. I think he's also done really good things here. But Galloway, you know, when they needed him, he stepped up. And maybe it's no coincidence, but we're in that number 12 jersey. Uh, yeah. Maybe there's some good juju in it. Yeah. Um, a quick question with you with Ruiz. It looked like Easton got a little bit banged up in that game last week. Is, is Easton okay, or is Ruiz going to have to start at right guard this week? No, I think Easton's fine. He's good to go. I just, uh, you know, they had a... Obviously, a few things there, it was the offensive line, and they pulled their starters at the, probably the best before it got too bad, but as far as I know, it's fine. Perfect, perfect. Um, you know the funny thing about Troutman that you brought up? We call him Big Fish. I stole that from, uh, yep. I, can't, I can't remember who I stole it from. I stole it from somebody on Twitter, and it's sticky. Nick, Nick Underhill. Yeah, that's that's a great name. Big Fish is the, is the best name. Um, the fact that they brought him in to be a pass-catching tight end, you know, kind of that joker role, and the fact that he blocks so well. And his his accolades uh, on PFF are right up there with the best in the NFL altogether, not just rookies, but with everybody. Um, that says a lot for the kid, and I'm really excited to see his growth in this system. And whatever quarterback we have next year uh, for the Saints, he's got a good one there, a good young one. Um, the Marshawn Lattimore Defensive Rookie of the Year Award, uh, who do you got for that? There's not much to choose from here. <laughs> There's not, and you know, look, I think Bond is obviously who comes to mind for a lot of people, but I'm going to go with Malcolm Roach. Yeah. This guy's an undrafted guy who came in to uh, from, from Texas and just really has is, is impressed a lot. And Anytime you earn a, a starting gig, I mean, this is huge uh, for this team, and he's shined. Yeah. But uh, I think for me, it's, it's got to be Roach. I just feel like he, he does some good things. He's been really good. more Kind of like Shy Tuttle did last year. Um, you know, but I think he's done extremely well. Fair enough. Um, have you seen anything from Bond in the last couple of weeks? Because his snap count's gone up quite a bit. Like, you post snap totals on Twitter quite a bit, and I saw his snap totals going up, you know, pretty much weekly since about week 11. Like, he's getting some snaps in base, and, and it looked like he was getting some, some snaps outside of base um, last week. Is that what we're – are we seeing the right thing here, or what are you seeing on your end? Yeah, look, I think – yeah, Faith had said the other week, you know, he's definitely come along well and doing some good things. And, you know, for him, it was, I just never forget what DeMario had said at the beginning of the season, Davis, that is saying, look, you know, just, just work about the things you can control and work on your timing. Cause, you know, it was just type of thing to just worry about playing his game and, uh, and, and not trying to do something you shouldn't do, you know, if you will, if that makes sense. And yeah. He said that to CJ Gardner Johnson and look what happened with him. So, Vaughn, I think, is going to be an important piece. And obviously, he's played special teams a lot for this team and come in where he's needed to. Um, but, you know, look, when they lost Quan Alexander, obviously, that put Quan, I mean, Alexander going back in the spotlight. And against the Panthers, they had a lot more base defense out there to start in different spots. So, Vaughn's somebody that I think will grow and develop year over year. But, you know, just given his rookie season, coming in and learning a lot of things, there are some things you pick up that you liked and see what they saw in the Wisconsin guy. Yeah, I agree. Um, the Drew Brees Offensive Player of the Year Award. This seems like a unanimous, unanimous one <laughs> as, for everybody. As if, as if we have to discuss this one, it's got to be out He's an alien. He really is an alien. You know what? I, 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 you're, you're about as much a diehard as I am, if not more. Like, watching him play through an injury last year, didn't it just feel like 
like watching your kid kid go through something you know difficult and you're like ah oh, i want to help him out there's nothing i can do it just felt like he needed something last year because he was playing through that injury and he wasn't his explosive self and you kind of felt bad for him you know you're frustrated but you felt bad for him because you know that wasn't that wasn't what he usually produces on the field and then watching him this year i'm just like i'm gleaming every week seeing the things that he's able to do he's an alien um i'm really excited to see what yeah. he does in the playoffs i i honestly I don't know if you're from the same thought as me. I think we can beat the Bears with Latavius Murray and our roster as is. Yep. I think giving Kamara one week off, you know, just giving him the week off and just saying, like having him active if we need him, but using him very, very infrequently, especially if we get up, and just saying, hey, we're saving you for next week so we can pound the crap out of Seattle. Like we need we need your best game against Seattle just the same way you played against Seattle in Seattle, uh, the way you did there. So, anyways, that's just a, a little tidbit I had I had creeping in the back of my head. Um, you have anything to say about that? Yeah, look, I yeah I agree with you, man. And um, that's the funny thing. Every time I come on and talk with you, I, we see things pretty much eye to eye. You know, almost perfect. Couldn't say any better. But you know, I'm, I'm with you. Obviously, they know what Murray is capable of, and. Um, you know, last year against the Bears, he was called on, and he absolutely destroyed them, right? Yeah. And so I, I kind of see that thought process. It's not the worst case. You want to have your best player out there, right? But if Murray's in there, it's not like he's some guy that can't do it, do, do, do the work. I mean, he's done it all year. He did it against Denver and such. I mean, it was, uh, you know, just one of those things that it, it just happens through the course of the year. So yeah. um, I would feel good about it. This is a team that won with Teddy Bridgewater, leaned a lot on Michael Thomas and such. I mean, I, I feel fine if they did. But, you know, if Kamara's healthy, if he's good to go, he's going to play. We know yeah, I just, I just feel like we saw a lot from Ty Montgomery last week and the fact that he is a pass catcher. I, I'm big on watching these guys in the offseason. I pay, I pay a lot of close attention to their social media and see a lot of the, what they do. And watching Ty Montgomery and uh, Deontay Harris in the offseason and the videos that they were putting out there, I was so excited to see these guys play for the Saints. Do you know what I mean? Like just how hard they were working and how crisp some of the routes that they were running and some of the things that they were doing looked. Uh, I thought they had big parts. And I know Deontay got hurt. And Ty really just didn't have a chance to play because there's nowhere to put him. You know what I mean? Um, seeing what he did yeah. last week against Carolina, I would not be against, you know, seeing a little bit of Ty doing some of the stuff that Alvin does in the past game. You know what I mean? Especially if we get a lead and then running Latavius Murray and kind of just doing that. Anyways, um, that'd be really interesting to see what would happen there and keeping Kamara, you know, nice and fresh because I think that's the thing. Uh, Elias J. Williams uh, from the Hudak Confessional gave a really great analogy. He's like, your, your Alvin Kamara is your sniper. You know, he's not your, your your machine gun. He's your sniper. And I think if we use him as such, we're going to get the most out of him. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm really, really excited to see what Sean does. Uh, a side note, Sean Payton's coach of the year, is he not? That's not like a, us being subjective and, and being biased. Is he not the best coach of the year? I, I mean, look, I, I just I hate not seeing him in the conversation, at least. You know what I mean? I think he's done fantastic. You know, given that he's faced all the different types of things without Drew, without these people, without Thomas, without this, without that, it's all the different things that have come his way. I mean, this guy is just, he's done so well, and I get it, it's, it's 12 and 4, so he doesn't have the best record in football. But again, you look at how they started and how they overcame that, and just all the different things that have happened, to, you know, just in the course of the season. And I get, I get the, the love best for. Flores in Miami, and I get their love best for 
you know, uh, LaFleur and, and Green Bay. But, you know, it's just – I just want to see him more in the conversation. It's not that I don't think that he shouldn't be, but, you know, I'd just be happy if they more people talked about him just because he's been in the game so long and what he's done with his team has just been outstanding, you know, and he should get some, some notions there. Yeah, it's it's like it's almost like the same way that Saint we were talking about it earlier, how Saints fans are, you know, are so spoiled and they don't don't know how to appreciate. It's like the NFL is also spoiled with Sean Payton's greatness. And he just keeps on doing it. So like, oh it's normal. You know? He wins five games without Drew last year, normal. He wins, he goes three and one this year without Drew, normal. It's like no other coaches are doing this. You know what I mean? The only thing I can think of is Bill yeah. Belichick when when Brady went down, he won eleven games with Castle, but they still missed the playoffs. You know we haven't we haven't yep. missed a beat. So, anyways, I hope I hope he at least gets a couple votes. I know it's going to be McDermott in Buffalo. It's going to yeah. get it or Flores in Miami. And and I wouldn't you know I would not be upset if Flores got it in Miami. And that's me being a black man watching wanting to see a black man get head coach or uh, coach of the year. Uh, I think that that them getting that respect in that level as well is really important. You know, so they're not just looking at black candidates as they have to fill the role. They want them to actually fill those roles because they know they're going to produce as well. So um, it would be nice to see that happen as well. Uh, the Ricky Jackson Defensive Player of the Year Award. Who do you got there? Man, you know, it's a toss-up. Uh, you know, I think it's easy to look at, at Trey Hendrickson's season. And, I mean, 13 and a half sacks, goodness, you know, that's the fourth highest, tied for fourth highest ever in a single season for the Saints. And, I definitely think he, he should get some accolades here, but for me, man, it, it's still got to be Demario Davis. Okay. And, and again, he just—I couldn't—you I, I, can picture the defense without Trey Anderson, and they've been able to manage. And again, it, it's one thing, but you take away Demario Davis from this defense, and this defense is—it's pretty much toast. Is yeah. the way I think. And yeah. again, I think they could overcome and manage it, but a guy like him is, is just so hard to. Uh, to replace, and he's, he's somebody that you, you, on all honesty, you can't replace him. No, so uh, he's he's the Drew Brees of our defense. That's for me. Yep. Yeah, that that is it. Um, Andrew Druge had Davey Onyemata, which made me just blush over here because he's a he's a Manitoba boy, um, and and I thought David, I I thought all year I said David Onyemata and Malcolm Jenkins were the most two consistent players, um, for us week in week yep. out, um, especially after week three. But I have no qualms with Demario Davis because there's things that I don't understand that are happening on the field that I know he's doing well, and sometimes the stats don't show that as well. So uh, I'm good with that one as well. Yeah, I I would tell you, man. You know, you got an award later on that, that Animato was going to get. I think he would have some love. I mean, it's it's again, it's tough to to overlook. He's had a fantastic season, and again, he's one of those that. You know, it's it's not always about the stats. Just like when Cam was doing so well years ago, and analytics really helped him out a lot. But you know, uh, Anyamata's been one of those players, and Jenkins too. I mean, he's, he's man, he's just been something amazing for this defense, and he's fixed a lot of the woes that this team had early on. So I mean, oh. it it it's welcome sight. Yeah, Marcus Williams is going to get fifty million dollars, and he can attribute uh, that contract partly and due to. Playing beside Malcolm Jenkins this year, it turned him into a better player. He learned to play with a little bit more of an edge. His tackling was better, and, and just a little bit more swagger. You know what I mean? And not the fake stuff where they're just doing their their cool handshakes. Like playing with that demeanor. That uh, I guess the best way to put it is that McCole Hardman hit uh, against Kansas City. You know what I mean? Like that's something that we didn't see from Marcus Williams um, 
in on any level really since he's been a saint so seeing that from marcus williams i think is a big product of playing beside malcolm jenkins and i i'm just ecstatic that he came back to new orleans um the greg williams position coach of the year award what do you got for that uh, for me, I, I think it's Ryan Nielsen. Uh, yeah. It's it's just I it's between him and Dan Rushar, the offensive line guy. Um, but for me, I, I just think you look at the the track history with the Saints and their sack production. I mean, since he's come onto the scene, the lowest they've had in a season was forty two, yeah. and that was in his first season in two thousand seventeen. I mean, this is this is something, and I know some Saints fans. You remember the old days when they were getting 50 sacks a year, you know, when they had in 2000, 2001. But this is a team when, when Peyton had them to begin with. I mean, this is a team that was struggling to get 20-something sacks. And yeah. Their best season might have been 30-something. You know, and then Rob Ryan came onto the scene and, and really changed things up. But, you know, before Ryan Nielsen, there was, there was literally no consistency with pass rushing. And so I think – Nielsen's had a hand in that, and obviously Dennis Allen, too, um, you know, changing some things up and, and getting a little bit more aggressive with some of the linebackers like DeMario and such. But, you know, for me, Nielsen has been fantastic for this team. And, and again, he's somebody that might get a bigger role sooner or later. But, um, you know, he's been fantastic for New Orleans. Yeah, no no, no, uh, no problems here with that one. Um, the John Vilma Comeback Player of the Year Award. We do got that. And that could be any it, – it could be any player. Yeah, look, I, I think for me, um, you know, you, you hit on him a little bit earlier, but I, I think Marcus Williams is probably uh, somebody I think uh, is comeback player. And, again, I think Kamara is probably the, the logical choice here just because of what's happened. But I also don't think you can ignore the season Marcus Williams is having for a guy who – was constantly hating on, saying he's in the wrong position, he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that. I mean, this guy has been, you know, early, you, you know the, what happened early in the season. But the fact that they got better and they've improved there, I, that's kind of where I go in my thought process is that, you know, I think he's been outstanding. I think he's going to be paid a lot, like you said. Um, you know, he's just he's, he's a guy that's overcome a ton in his career, obviously. But I think from season to season, I think he's been outstanding for the Saints, and, yeah. and he really, uh, he really needs needs to be recognized at some level. That's a great pick. Um, the PT twenty three Pierre Thomas, the Cruza, the breakout player of the year award. I think this is going to be unanimous for Saints fans as well. Who'd you have for there? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be T Rex. I mean, yeah. that's that's um, that's just you don't you don't put that much sack production in, in, into. Uh, in, in your work repertoire and not get some, some accolades or recognition from it. I mean, this, again, you can spend a lot of time talking about what Trey Hendrickson has done for the team, but, you know, he's every sack he's made, uh, he's getting paid even more and more. And so <laughs> and now it's the postseason, so, hey, look, it's going to be uh, even more, the count even more for it, right? Yeah, I wonder, like, who would have thought, looking back at that, at that draft, that he'd be one of the guys that we can't afford? <laughs> You know, like out of, yeah. out of all the guys that have been like, I wish this would have been one of ones Loomis would have said last year. You know, let's give this kid a three-year contract and just kind of rip up that last year of the rookie deal and see what we can do. But that's it's it's all for naught. That that guy knew the money was there and he played like it. And good on him. You know, he's gonna he he's gonna end up in Detroit or Dallas or something like that. I can just see it getting paid. You know, 
handsomely for for his job and be one of the top you know eight or nine guys paid into position. So good for him. I'm happy for him. It sucks. Uh, hopefully we can get a Super Bowl out of him. And uh, yeah, there was a guy that played for the Saints. Uh, he didn't get the same production back in the day. You remember Charleston? Yep, Jeff Charleston. He reminds me a little bit of Jeff Charleston. I don't know why, but I get the same kind of vibe. No, yeah. yeah. Okay, the next one's kind of a, a low point. It's uh it's a funny award. The Jason David, <laughs> Jarris Bird, and CJ Spiller let down player of the year award. Who is your let down player of the year for the Saints? Uh, you know, I, I I look at a little bit of everything and I think some people will hear will pick Pete just because it seems like he gets hurt and he does these things, but you know, for me I think it's it's gotta be Marcus Davenport. You know, um I, I just feel like he Obviously, he had his, his last season end not so well, and this season didn't start off well for him. He comes back. He only finished with one and a half sacks. I mean, this guy flashes a ton of brilliance and a ton of amazing things, but, you know, it's not it's not showing up in the totals where, you know, that's where most people look at. And, and when you're a, a first-round pick and you get, you know, you have to trade an extra first-round pick just to get him, uh, there's a lot of, of – expectations based off of that and unfortunately I don't think he even came close to, to living out that other expectations this season. Yeah, you know something that I've noticed with him as well, it, it, they they've changed a lot of his raw his raw work into fundamental work. And the more that they've done that it seems like he has less less control of his body. Like he runs around there in the backfield sometimes and look like he looks like he's flailing. You know, it doesn't look like he has his feet under him. He doesn't look super confident. And and he went from being this raw athletic guy that like you know threw Kirk Cousins through a wall almost in that game in Minnesota to a guy that you know has Teddy Bridgewater water right in front of him and can't take him down. So uh, I'm a little bit worried. I'm, real, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was saying you were saying that, and I was just thinking about it because I thought I always just imagined things too. But like I've seen uh, against the Panthers, just I mean he had that one super monstrous hit on PJ Walker on that that pick in the end zone, I think it was P.J. Williams that got it, but it was, I just noticed he was losing his footing a lot. It's yeah. something, just something off there, right? So yeah, it's just, funny you mentioned that. Yeah. I could see that too. And I'm wondering if that, like, I know he gained a little bit of weight, but he still is just as explosive. It's just, it seems that, like, they're trying to make him do things differently. Like, you know, he's in a three-point stance a lot, and, you know, they don't let him stand up as much anymore, and, and all these different things, and it just, I don't know. Something's amiss, and I wonder if it's maybe a little bit more psychological than anything else uh, for the guy, which sucks because his production's completely down. So yeah, he's a good letdown. Uh, for me, it was Thomas Morstead. Uh, I just I'm so ex- I'm so used yeah, to Thomas Morstead being being the best punter in the in the NFL, and to have him, you know, just look like he's falling apart right in front of our eyes, like he's just getting old. And it's not that he's he's bad or just like he physically can't do it anymore, which is. That's fair. You know, time catches up to everybody. So um, it was sad to see him kind of fall off like that. Uh, a fun award here, the JT Barrett Practice Squad MVP Award. And I named it after JT Barrett because, man, for all the times that he'd been cut and signed by us, like, we got to give him something. Like, he's, his time in New Orleans can't go empty-handed, so we have to give this guy something. So we named the award after him. Who is your Practice Squad MVP this year? Well, look, it was different this year because you had a lot more elevations. You had a lot more different types of rules because of COVID and stuff. So, look, I, I, 
I don't want to say I, I'd say it loosely, but I think you should recognize a few guys. I think it should be Juwan Johnson, don't Jordan say, Humphrey. Don't uh, say the other Johnson's one. Johnson's a guy that should be the other one. Uh, I wasn't going there. Don't you say it. it. Not me. Don't say I, it. I was, was going to say Will Clapp. I was going to say Will Clapp <laughs> because of offensive line depth. But okay, fine. Say it. Fine. Say it. Say it. Say it. And Tommy Lee Lewis. He's you know played well. He's, he's played well. well. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he hasn't made any mistakes. That's, the, I guess, the biggest thing. So, I mean, you know, again, the people forget to realize that practice squad rules have changed a while back because you couldn't have veterans on your practice squad yeah. a long time ago yeah. and stuff, or not so long ago. So, I mean, for him, it's he's one of those guys who just hang around just like Austin Carr, and they'll do that just enough, and he'll probably get brought into camp next year, reserve future deals. You know it's coming. So yeah. just prepare yourself now. Yeah, but, I, hey, I mean, hey, just one of those guys. I'm not. Listen, I'm not a person that's going to hold a grudge. I'm, I've never been that person. I I can turn the cheek pretty quickly. Um, he's played well. I got nothing but positive things to say about him. I know he's part of the one of the worst memories that we've had. But guess what? We've had a couple. We had the Stefan Diggs. I'm not going to hate Marcus Williams forever, and I'm not going to hate Tommy Lee Lewis forever because he actually popped up off the ground and tried to act like he wasn't hurt, which is I'm okay with it. You know, like. Uh, it just—it's not Tommy Lewis, Tommy Lee Lewis's fault um, that he's five foot three, and you know all these other things. I just—I'm not gonna hold it against him. So I'm—I'm I'm okay with Tommy Lee Lewis being the selection there. Um, the next one is the Tracy Porter Best Secondary Player Award. Who's your best secondary player? Yeah. Well, I'll just say that uh, honorable mention has to go to C.J. Gardner Johnson, and you know I think he's had a hell of a season, and you know. He hasn't played the whole way, and the only reason why I give it to somebody like Malcolm Jenkins is he played over 99% of the snaps on defense. Yeah. And, you know, we, we knew what he was going to bring to the table coming back. And, you know, look, I, I guess just everything that's been done for the secondary and getting them right and overcoming some of those woes early, I mean, for me, it's, it's hands down Malcolm Jenkins. I think he's, he's been outstanding all season. He catch some misses and stuff, but look, I mean, you know, you look at it and say, you know, if Von Bell was there, would Von Bell have done the same thing? Nope. Have the same instinct? Somebody like Malcolm? No, he yeah. wouldn't, right? And yeah. So that's that. That's why the kind of way I look at it. So. So you're giving CD Deuce a puncher's chance, you say? Ha 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's you might it. Get some fisticuffs after that one. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a dad now, so I'm allowed my my one dad joke of the month. So, um. The uh, the Will Smith best defensive line or linebacker award. Who do you got there? Well, see, that's what I was telling you earlier is that you know a huge good guy for sure. He he's kind of stole my thunder a little bit. That's that's where I was going to put Anjumata at. And I, I know Trey Hendrickson is, is a sack production is somebody that you got to look at, right? But for me, Anjumata, man, he has just been a monster. And again, it's not all necessarily in the stat production, but you know, for him, one of the biggest challenges was was his ability to get after the quarterback because he was able to do that a lot in 2018 and 2019. Didn't have the type of, you know, success he did from that season, but, you know, they still put a good contract extension on him, and, man, the guy's just come through a lot in a big way. And, uh, man, I, I I can't say enough good things about him. He is he's very underrated. And, and, and slightly underpaid. <laughs> he's slightly yeah. underpaid, thank well, God. Yeah, thank God. That was yeah. a good one. That was a good signing by us, you know what I mean? Get that guy under underpaid. So that was good foresight by the Saints management. That's uh that's Kai Hartley and and uh Ireland, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, you got Fontenot in there as director of player personnel, but, you know, more Harley's the guy who makes the, the numbers crunch, right? Okay. So, I mean, a lot of people credit Mickey Loomis, but Harley's the guy who puts those numbers together. He's, uh, he's, he's real, 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 real brains about some of that stuff to cap. <laughs> Perfect. Um, the Jari, or sorry, yeah, the Jari Evans, the Jari Evans Best O Lineman Award. And I was going to use Willie Rolfe. I was going to go Willie Rolfe, but I figure I think Jari Evans and Carl Nix were the best two offensive linemen to ever play side by side. So, um, in the NFL, in my opinion. So, I just I want to name one yep. award after him. He doesn't get enough credit. Yep. No, I agree. I 100% agree. I and mean, for me, it, it's a no brainer. Uh, it's just Ryan Ramchek. I mean, this, this guy has just been a staple at right tackle. Um, he's done extremely well. You would think he would be a guy that might regress, obviously. Uh, but look, you look at what the Saints try to do offensively when they run the ball, when they try to get out in space, do all these different things. And most of all that is, is behind number 71. And 71 has a ton of, of, of responsibility uh, week in and week out. And it, again, you talk about the offensive line and losing somebody, you, you can manage through a few of them, right? Yeah. That's the one guy you cannot afford to lose if you're the Saints is, is Ryan Ramchuk. Uh, I, I agree. I don't care who they have on the bench. He's not replaceable. I agree, but you know what I am excited about since you just t- talked about replacing, and I hope we never have to see this, but I'm as excited to see uh, Hurst play as well as he did, you know, in the limited time that he yeah, got playing. And, and, yeah, when they put him in for Pete at left guard, I couldn't believe the way we ran that football and and how how well he looked in that role. He's a mean guy, like he he runs with a with an edge and he likes to put hands on guys. So um, obviously it would be a, a downgrade from Ram, but I would be excited to see him get you know some time if we ever lost a guy a guy like um, Tstead or or Ramchuk to play. Um, the can't guard Mike. We got to name an award after him after he breaks an NFL record. So the Cat Guard Mike Best Wide Receiver Running Back Tight End Award. So Specialist Award. Who do you got for that? Yeah, Specialist Award. I mean, it's, 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 we can't. I mean, I, it, it's got to be Camaro. Yeah. I can't uh, yeah. tell anybody yeah. else. I mean, it's just, um, you know, Manuel Sanders had a pretty decent season, but, but nobody has, has done the type of work or done as much on this offense as Alvin Kamara has. And, uh, you know, it's got to be him. I almost screamed at you through the phone being like, what's taking so long? <laughs> I was like, there's, there, it's like, it's like, it's like, I'm a, I'm a teacher. And there's, there's some, there's certain times in class. Like when you ask a kid, is that the proper time to be talking? And you're waiting for the kid to answer you. And you're like, you know, the answer is no. Like, come on, just say it. <laughs> Oh man! Um, and then the the last one, the Tron Tron Armstead season MVP award. I feel like Tron Armstead is the second most important saint that we've had on this team for a long time, next to Drew Brees. Uh, and I and that is that's not you know discounting you know Alvin Kamara, Mike Thomas, Cam Jordan. I, I get it; those guys are all important. But I feel like Tron Armstead is so undervalued. Um, in the NFL and underrated, he is he is an absolute beast, and he's playing his best football in the last couple of years this last month, which is exciting to see going into the postseason. So um, that's why we named the award after him. Who is your season MVP award this year? Yeah, it's funny you mention Armstead. I mean, you know, look, I will say this about him: it, it didn't play the whole season again, right? But yeah, 
it was really because of COVID. You know, what I mean, he's he's been pretty strong and, and in there for this team, and I mean that's always good to see for him. But you know, for me again, you're talking about the, the season MVP again. It's Camaro. It's it's no no brainer for me. It's um, what he's been able to do and how he's been able to do uh, do it. Just so many different things that he's been bringing to the table that again. You just you can't you can't overlook it when you're talking about the Saints. He's the guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. AK being the MVP is never ever a bad decision. I was a little bit of a homer, and I'm going to say this on every podcast I do. For me, it's the last time last time I can give Drew Brees Drew Brees a rose. So uh, I'm giving Drew a rose. The fact that he came back that drive against San Francisco, you know, where he's he's all broken up and he's got all the broken ribs and a punctured lung, and he. You know, fumble. He fumbles the ball and still is able to throw the ball to Kamara for a touchdown. Um, like Juju saying, that's one of his turning points for me. That's just like such a. That's exactly why I love Drew Brees and why, you know, I I, I get really salty when people want to talk about Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or you know everybody else. They don't they they don't give this guy his credit and they always say, well, he's playing with a Pro Bowl wide receiver and and Michael Thomas. Okay, well he didn't have a Pro Bowl receiver ever when he was breaking all the records. And then when he threw for 5,000 yards, everybody was just basically saying, well, it's a passing league now. Well, if it's a passing league, then how come he's the only guy that's done it five times? He's the only guy that's done it multiple times. How about that? If it's a passing league and everybody's doing it, how come everybody's not doing it? Do you know what I mean? And people just found reasons not to respect the guy or give the guy you know, his clout when he deserved it. So I'm standing on a soapbox right now venting. Um, you can send me my therapy bill after. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's just, yeah, Drew Brees is my MVP. I, I just think that this team doesn't go anywhere without Drew from the start to the finish. Who's your MVP? I, you got AK for your MVP, correct? So Yeah, I'd stick with AK. Yeah. I mean, Drew, he deserves a lot of love and a lot of respect. So, yeah. look, I don't disagree with you one bit there. It's, uh, you know, <clears throat> again, uh, I, I think this is probably the end for him, you know. Yeah. I'm with you, but... Um, you know, again, in his absence and then the one constant that the team has had on as little as snaps as he's played compared to a lot of people, it's got to be compared for me. Side note, side question here, and this is just an opinion thing. Do you think if we would have went to the Super Bowl and played Tom Brady and we would have won that Super Bowl uh, when the no call happened, do you think Drew hangs it up after that? Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think I so think too. Done. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, these are the fun ones. These are these are moments or games. You can you can choose whichever one you want, and the names are just fantastic. We love them. We laughed while we made them up, and <laughs> um, they don't need explanation. The twenty-eight to three worst moment trophy. Who is what is the twenty-eight to three worst moment trophy go to for you? What is your worst moment this year for for the Saints? Uh, it's got to be Philly. I was at that game. They played like crap. Um, and, you know, it's not it's not often you see that happen, but when it was ugly, it was ugly. And I think we saw, knew it was going to be that way when it developed. Seeing the 100-yard the street crap, that break-in was, was rough seeing it. But, you know, it's just uh, the effort. The coming out flat is what, what I think was worse. I, I mean, I could live with the Raiders game where you, you just come out not not really knowing what to expect and it just doesn't go your way. But yeah. uh, I could see the loss against the Packers not being able to do things and stuff. But for me, it's got to be that Philly game, man. That was that was just brutal. Yeah, I was, I was really upset. There was a play when we had Philly pinned. It was early in the game. And we had Philly pinned back in, in their own area. 
And instead yeah. of instead of just playing solid, and it was third down, like we're gonna get the ball back. Mm-hmm. T Rex just runs recklessly, trying to get a sack, and, and Jalen Hurts just kind of pivots and, and like a basketball pivot, just reverses field and just goes up, and he lost contain. And I'm like, okay, that's one. It, it, you know, like it sucks that he was going, you know, balls to the wall and tried to get a sack there. But let's play solid. And then a couple plays later. Same thing. You know, he loses contain. And then a couple plays later, we got, you know, an 82-yard touchdown because Quan tries to, you know, go under instead of over and make a hero play. So just there's so much that happened in that game. But the T-Rex losing contain, you know, repeatedly was was a low point for me this year. And uh, I was really, really frustrated with his performance there. But if that's the only thing that's going to happen this year negatively with T-Rex, I'll live with that. In the end, the loss really doesn't yeah. hurt us all that much because I don't think we were catching Green Bay regardless. Um, oh, yeah. The 09 Best Moment Trophy. What, what was the best moment for the Saints this year? Against <laughs> Packers, it was that Alvin Kamara touchdown where he just like broke 18 million tackles and got in the end zone. Against Green Bay? I, I can, I, yeah, I can remember some plays, but look, that play was just ridiculous. That's the play you knew... Alvin Kamara was was back, right? And it, it was never a doubt in your mind that Alvin Kamara is Alvin Kamara again. And uh, that play, I, I don't think it gets a lot of the attention it probably should. But man, that was it, being there in the dome, seeing Alvin do what he did, and then the reactions afterwards. I mean, it's just, just that was just incredible. And I mean, <laughs> shout out to Eric McCoy for a killer block. Oh yeah, that was crazy. He sprinted down the field. You know the part that people won't talk about there that was really awesome with that touchdown? Is that when he got to the end zone, yeah. like he was like a at the one yard line, he stopped running and let the guy tackle him into the end zone. He just stopped running. <laughs> got tired. Well, it just it looked like he was just had so much swag, just like, I'm done. <laughs> just like, and let the guy hit yeah. him into the end zone. It was so cool. Oh man, that he's a different cat. It's uh, it was pretty special. Um, the Superdome best win trophy. So, what, what was the best win for this year for the Saints? Well, you know, I think uh, you look at the Broncos game, and obviously, you know, the circumstances. That's one that you could think of. But for me, it's going into Tampa and and beating the dog crap out of the Tom Brady in prime time. Oh yeah. Um, you know, look, you get them in the first round. Everybody said. Well, that's not happening again. This is going to be a better defense or better team, better offense, and they just beat the brakes off of them. Yeah. I can't think of a better game just because of the hype and all the things that everybody wanted to talk about going into that game, and then New Orleans just comes out and absolutely obliterates them. So yeah. that is hands down the best, best the, game of the team. The uh, the Vikings game for me and AK six touchdowns. Like I, I understand. Like, we had to win because we're on a two-game losing streak. You know, we had to kind of right the ship. And um, I I was pretty irritated with Vikings fans. Like, me living where I am, you know, I'm six hours north of of Minnesota. There's so many Viking fans here, you know. And, like, they just, they they say the dumbest shit. And it just makes you kind of shake your head being like, you guys didn't do anything with this win that you got. You know, like, you were underdogs. You were double-digit point underdogs. You know, last year, and you and you got away with the win. Great job. You know, we didn't play well. You guys had a, ge- a great game plan to attack our guards inside. But let's just be real. Like your franchise and our franchise, they're not to be compared in the last ten years, fifteen years, if you want to call it. 
You know what I mean? And it's just it's irritating. So us beating the Vikings 52-33, that, that felt apt. And, you know, like seeing Sean Payton's face on the sideline, I know he's a friend of Zimmer's, but the fact that he let, you know, he threw that ball in the fourth quarter to Troutman, <laughs> that, that made me happy. I was like, this is exactly what they deserve because they run their mouth too damn much. So um, that one felt good. Uh, the Gleason and Deloach season-turning moment trophy goes to. What was the season-turning moment for us this year? Uh, I, I think it was the game uh, right after the Packers. You know, it was, um, again, you, you start off one and two, and you need a win. It wasn't pretty, but the, you get a win against the Chargers, and that starts your run the whole entire season. And so, again, it wasn't a perfect product. It was a better product. And I think that was the biggest thing because we knew offensively what they could do. We knew what was happening with Michael Thomas being out. But really that's when the defense started to figure things out um, and they were able to turn the corner and they, they really changed the thing, the course of the season. And, uh, you know, there's so many other things you can think about there. But for me, it's, it's the defense figuring it out and improving week over week and then finally just becoming a dominant unit. So I think that was huge. It's, it's literally – it's scary how much we do think alike. Um, I have it written down. Week 5, L.A. Chargers, October 12th, Monday Night Football. The missed field goal by the Money Badger, um, selfly, yep. self, self-proclaimed <laughs> Money Badger. And we win 30-27 to with Drew running the two-minute drill to get, to get us into place to, to win that game. Um, I thought that was 100% the, the, the moment when our season turned around. Um, the secondary moment, I would have said, is in that Detroit game when we went down 14-0. And you know, like it just seemed like we we're just yep. we weren't kind of there. Um, and then we kind of went down in that fourth down catch by Alvin Kamara on the wheel route by Drew, perfectly placed. I felt like that was our you know key into the ignition. All right, let's go. And um, those, yeah, so that was my second game for that. But yeah, definitely the Chargers game for me was was the same. So lots of lots of fun. Um, I'll put your I'll put your you know your 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 predictions here on, on notice. Who do you got winning the games? And don't worry about spreads or anything like that. Let's just pick winners. Who do you got winning Cleveland versus Pittsburgh this week? <laughs> well, that's going to be interesting to see just because of uh, what's happened with COVID, right? Yeah, Stefanski's you know, out. Look, I, I, been, for me, they've been fraudulent all year. It's just because I think they've played a softer schedule. And Cleveland seems like they're more hungry a team. I think, you know, given that they broke their playoff streak, they're going to come in and, and beat them. Um, I, I definitely feel like Cleveland's going to get their, their get their franchise uh, headed into the super right direction after they beat up Pittsburgh. I agree. I agree fully, actually. And I think Nick Chubb, they, the, fa- the fact they only ran him, you know, a handful of times it felt like last week. Uh, means that they're going to get a healthy dose of Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb's the fourth best running back in the NFL. You know, he doesn't get talked about because he's up in Cleveland. But I think he's like the fourth best talented running back in the NFL. You know, I'll put I'll put, yeah, I'll put Henry, Kamara, and CMC ahead of him. I will not put another running back ahead of him. That That's just my opinion, but um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I got Cleveland as well. Uh, Indy versus Buffalo, who you got? It's got to be Buffalo. I mean, they got a lot to prove. I, I tell you, the pressure is more on Buffalo to get get a win because, you know, they haven't won in, in ever, right? Like yeah. 95 was their last playoff yeah. win. So yeah. I think the pressure is more on them. I think Indy's underrated. It's Phillip Rivers. And obviously, you know, if you know football history, they got Frank Wright as, Frank as their coach. And 
maybe he has some magic or juju left in him. But I think Buffalo is the choice. But I secretly, I think Indy could could shock him here. Yeah, I hear a lot of people talking about that. I I just will never ever believe in Philip Rivers. I think he's just absolute trash. Uh, he's got a punchy face. Like he's a he's a face you just yeah. want to punch. Like he's just not a I just and he throws he throw he throws back breaking throws back breaking interceptions. I just I can't get behind that. Even though I love Darius Leonard and I love what Frank Reich does with that team. You know, Jonathan Taylor is running away now like a maniac, you know, two hundred and forty plus yeah. yards last week. Um but I still got Buffalo. I think Josh Allen's the truth. In fact, out of all the teams in the AFC that I don't want to see in the Super Bowl, I don't want to see Buffalo. Because a mobile quarterback with a gun, no thank you. <laughs> no, no, no thank you. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore versus Tennessee, who do you got? It's Tennessee. I don't think you're stopping Derrick Henry. And I think Ryan Tannehill is one of the least talked about stories of somebody who's really just turned his career around. Um, and, again, you got Derrick Henry running the ball. It, it's going to be tough to stop. And, and Baltimore, I mean – They've been an interesting team, to say the least. They hadn't played their best football, you know, recently, but I don't think you're going to to stop Derrick Henry at all. I would argue, though, that the Tennessee defense is such a sieve, and the fact that Baltimore has three running backs going right now, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and Lamar Jackson, we could could see a game right now where Tennessee, if if they're scoring field goals, you know, instead of touchdowns, they could be in a lot of trouble. Uh, I do. I don't disagree with anything you said, but I do. I think Baltimore is the hottest team in the NFL right now. I, I don't think anybody's playing better football than they are. They have been in the last three weeks, and uh, that that win against Cleveland in prime time, I think that kind of flipped the switch for them. So we'll see. Yeah, you're right. Dude. We shall we'll see. see. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans, Chicago. I got a forty-one seventeen game for New Orleans. You disagree? Uh, I know New Orleans is going to win this game. I mean, that's that's how I feel. And again, they only have themselves to beat. So I take New Orleans in this one. Uh, 41 sounds really modest. I mean, I think you look at what Green Bay did against them last week. Their Bears defense just kind of fell apart. And uh, I think they have equal as much success. I think they'll put at least 35 up on the board. Uh, probably more like a 35-20 score. So I'm thinking okay. they're definitely going to win. Um, Mike Thomas, does he finally find the end zone? Yeah, I'd say I'd definitely get to at least one. Okay. Each one. I hope so. Um, and then in my hate bowl here, this is on my – do you remember we did that podcast where we had – we polled you guys about the most hated franchises for the Saints? <laughs> These two teams ended up on yeah. that poll list. So this is my hate bowl. I wish it could end in a tie um, or they just keep on playing, you know, nine overtimes and they're just both exhausted. Uh, Seattle versus the Rams. Who do you got in this game? I mean, it's got to be Seattle. It's, it's, I know they're, they're kind of limping and they haven't looked all that. And, you know, for me, it's just for the Rams, it's, uh, I think you, Jared Goff, you know. Uh, I don't know. He's, he's, if he played, maybe there's a shot there. But I just feel like Seattle is a team when you got Russell Wilson playing quarterback and everything they're going to do. I just, I just feel like it's their game and, um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. I, th- I think Seattle as well, but there is something to be said about wh- when a p- player plays with the same moxie that the coach coaches with, and McVay has that that you know that young boy swag, where he looks pretty confident 
in every aspect of everything. You know, like he never ever looks, you know, scared, disgruntled, you know, timid. Like he always looks confident. And I think that 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 kind of, that kind of branches off into this John Wofford kid. Because I was watching that game against Arizona last week, and he looked poised for a guy that hasn't taken an NFL snap. And you know, like he looked poised. And I don't know that his mobility is not an asset that Goff doesn't provide and make that team a little bit more, you know, um, functional. You have to think, they didn't have Cooper Cup last week as well. So if Goff doesn't play and this Wofford kid plays, which is, I think, the right decision. I think they're, they're just kind of playing, you know, smoke smoke and mirrors here with saying that Goff might play. But um, I think this kid can extend plays, and, and he's got a good arm. He's made He made some good throws. He made a throw on the right sideline to Tyler Higby that I, like, I looked at, and I was like, that's an NFL throw. You know, like, that's a big-time NFL throw. So, um, yeah, I don't know. The same way we got hype for Taysom Hill, I think the Rams are kind of getting hype for that Wofford kid. So we could we could see a little bit of uh, a little bit of a shocker there. I got the Rams winning that game, but you got Seattle. And then the last one, uh, Tom Brady uh, playing the Washington Football Team. Chase Young saying he wants Tom Brady. I scratched my head at that one, saying, "Kid, what are you doing?" Um, this guy's got more, he's got more <laughs> Super Bowls than you have good games in your life so far, uh, in the NFL, perhaps you shouldn't egg him on. But then I sat back and said, you know, I'm getting older. We're, we're both getting older there. I guess we can say, Hey John, and you look at the young kids now, they don't even know some of the people that we look at as, as, as stars or, or greats of the game. You know what I mean? So they're not looking, he's not looking at Tom Brady as, what he has, what he's accomplished. He's looking at him this year in the lens that we all saw him and against good teams and against good pass rushes. Tom Brady looked pretty average. I would actually say in yeah. some games, pretty sub average because he didn't want to get hit. So he just chucked the ball out and he'd either throw an interception or throw an interception or throw the ball deep down the field to nobody. Um, so I have this game going, you know, one of two ways. I really do see an absolute blowout by, uh, by Tampa Bay because they get up early and Washington doesn't have enough firepower to get back in the game. But I could also see a game in which the pass rush gets to Tom Brady. They step up, especially over center and and the, and the guard position and really push Tom Brady, you know, you know, outside the pocket where he doesn't want to be. And then they have to punt a lot or they turn the ball over. And we see a lot of Antonio Gibson and the, and the world gets introduced to who Terry McLaurin is because Terry McLaurin, is the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL right now. And I don't think it's close. Yeah. Look, I, I think um, here's where I, I – I mean, obviously, Chase Young's, I guess, at 7-9 and nine energy. But, you know, obviously, it's, it's just want to get to the dance at this point, right? And yeah. so, for them, they're here. And, um, you know, again, they're going to be slept on. The problems I have, and, again, a lot of people have said, you know, well, Tampa's playing their best football, blah, blah, blah. But they still can't run the ball. Well, they, uh, you know, that's just a, a problem for me. And I just, you know, with Mike Evans putting, keeping him in, and uh, I guess he's going to be okay from everything. But still, that's something to monitor. And, well, he didn't you know, practice. Washington, he didn't practice today. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's just uh, one of those things. It's like you just; those are things that you're going to keep an eye on and keep monitoring as the week goes by. I think it could happen as a shot, but you know, honestly, if this is. You know, you, you know as well as I do that you're going to get a Breeze versus Brady 
type of matchup or a Rodgers versus Brady type of matchup at some point in this playoffs. Yeah. It's going to happen. And yeah. so I think Tampa's going to move on from this easily. I don't think there's anything to suggest they'll get stopped here. But, you know, it'll be interesting yeah. if, if, like you said, they can hold Tampa to a few things and Alex Smith just does enough with that. He's the guy and McLaurin could give some problems to, to that secondary. I mean, it, it could happen, but, yeah. you know, um, they they got to be on notice. And, and, the, and an interesting tidbit that people aren't really talking about is Devin White's not allowed to play. So, that, you know, because of COVID. So, yeah, so he's lost, and that changes that changes things on the second level because the last three weeks, Tampa Bay, even though they've won some games against some bad teams, they've been gassed in the run game. Like, for big runs, if you look yeah. at every game, they've had like a 30, a 40, a 50-yard run against them. So... I'm not looking at. I'm not. I'm not willing, with my my dislike of other NFC South teams, to try and pick Tampa Bay in this game. I can see a reason why they lose, and I'm just going to stick to that. And if we don't have to see Tom Brady ever again, I, that's just even better for me. I wish they would have missed the playoffs. They got in. You know what I mean? If Atlanta would have just done their job when they had a two score lead, but instead they had to go on Falcon and lose that game against Tampa Bay in Atlanta. It would have made it more just more interesting and would have seen you know maybe a different outcome. But nonetheless, I digress. Um, I, I got Washington. So you got Tampa Bay. They're the five seed, and then you got Seattle. They're the three seed. So you see us playing Seattle, and then you got uh, Tampa Bay with a rematch with the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. You know what? If that happens, my friend, and that's where we're at, I'll get you back on here for a quick podcast. We'll talk about it, and we'll preview those games going on as well. Sounds good. Sounds good, bud. Man, thank you, thank you so much for coming on, John. We always appreciate having you on. Do you want to plug your uh, your Twitter handle for the people? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Just uh, John J. Hendricks. Hendricks, just like Jimmy, for those who can catch that reference. <laughs> um, you know, just be sure to check us out at Saints News Network. We're doing some, some really good things out there. And, you know, there's tons of people that cover the Saints extremely well. And, you know, definitely look for those guys, too. And, you know, again, everybody's mostly down to earth people and until you know something crazy happens <laughs> you know just uh <laughs> you know you know how it is yeah. lost. The people are unbearable and just unreasonable sometimes but yeah. you know overall it's uh, fun fun interacting with people and you know look hey i, I don't always know everything and, uh just you know i have a discussion you know yep. there's no need to be uh, uh a, a douche about it if you will if i yep. say that right but yep. you know well, no, no, like I, yeah, I, uh, I think you're being modest. You're, you do a great job, and you're usually the first on the scene for a lot of things for Saints News. So, um, I would definitely recommend a follow for Mister Hendricks over here because he does a great job, and you'll you'll be benefiting from it <laughs> by following John. So, if you're a Saints fan, enjoy yeah, it, John. John, you're doing all the legwork for free, there, young man. <laughs> That's you deserve that. If that's what you're doing, that's for sure. All right, man. Well, you take care of yourself, and let's uh, let's get the Saints W so I can get you back on here. Okay, my friend. All right, bud. Sounds good. Thanks. All right, man. Take care of yourself. Stay safe.